If you're enjoying this Med Prep to Go Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Crush Step 1 podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. This is Dr. Ted O'Connell with the Med Prep to Go podcast. Today we'll be reviewing three pathology questions. Just a reminder, you can also find these questions and many more on our website at medpreptogo.com. If you have feedback for us or want to get involved in this project, please contact me at ted.medpreptogo at gmail.com, or you can contact me through our website as well. If you like what we're doing, let your friends know about us, give us a review, all of that will help a lot. If you want to learn more about me and my books and projects, you can find that at tedxoconnell.com. All right, let's get started with the questions. A 60-year-old man presents to the physician's office, complaining of waking up during the night to urinate, urinary hesitancy, and a weak urinary stream for the past six months. Physical examination reveals a firm and enlarged but intact median sulcus of the prostate. Laboratory tests reveal normal urinalysis, normal renal function, and a normal prostate-specific antigen, or PSA. Which of the following areas of the prostate is most likely affected in the disease process that is suspected to occur? A. Central periurethral zone. B. Median lobe of the prostate. C. Posterior lobe of the prostate. D. Quadrate lobe of the prostate. Or E. Transitional periurethral zone? The correct answer is A, central periurethral zone. This patient is suffering from benign prostatic hyperplasia, or BPH. The prevalence of BPH increases with age, such that 70% of men who are 60 years or older will have BPH, and 80% of men who are 80 years or older will have BPH. BPH can present with urinary frequency, urgency, nocturia, incontinence, weak urinary stream, straining to void, hesitancy, and terminal dribbling. The digital rectal exam, or DRE, typically reveals a firm, smooth, intact median sulcus of the prostate gland. BPH usually affects the central periurethral zone of the prostate. The key learning point here in this question is that BPH typically affects the central periurethral zone of the prostate and can present with urinary frequency, urgency, nocturia, incontinence, weak urinary stream, straining to void, hesitancy, and terminal dribbling. Question two. A 75-year-old man with a history of hypertension and type 2 diabetes presents to the emergency department with a complaint of dyspnea and shortness of breath after exercise for the past few weeks. The patient notes that he generally stays active and does not live a sedentary lifestyle. He denies nausea, vomiting, fevers, and chills. He drinks alcohol socially and smokes three to four cigarettes daily. 
Current medications include amlodipine and metformin. Vital signs in the emergency department are temperature 36 degrees Celsius or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, blood pressure 134 over 84, pulse 75 beats per minute, and respirations 17 per minute. Body mass index, or BMI, is 30 kilograms per square meter. Physical examination reveals a high-pitched crescendo-decrescendo mid-systolic ejection murmur at the right sternal border. All lung fields are clear to auscultation. Laboratory values are within normal limits. Which of the following most reflects increased severity of this patient's condition? A, a continuous machine-like murmur. B, a long, late-peaking murmur. C, presence of an S4 heart sound. D, short, early-peaking murmur. Or E, a short time from S2 to the opening snap. The correct answer is B, a long, late-peaking murmur. This patient has aortic stenosis and is presenting with complaints secondary to this valvular insufficiency. When aortic stenosis is mild, the murmur will peak in mid-systole. As the disease becomes more severe, more time is needed to complete systole, and the aortic valve closure becomes delayed. Therefore, the murmur peaks later in systole. Answer choice A, a continuous machine-like murmur, is incorrect. A continuous machine-like murmur is present in patent ductus arteriosus, not aortic stenosis. Answer choice C, presence of S4, is incorrect. Presence of an S4 heart sound is usually consistent with left ventricular hypertrophy and does not present in aortic stenosis. Answer choice D, short, early peaking murmur, is incorrect. Increased severity of aortic stenosis is indicated by a long, late-peaking murmur, not a short, early-peaking one. Answer choice E, short time from S2 to opening snap, is incorrect. A short time from S2 to opening snap is indicative of increased disease severity in mitral stenosis. The key learning point for this question Aortic stenosis presents with a high-pitched, crescendo-decrescendo ejection murmur heard best at the right sternal border. When aortic stenosis is mild, the murmur will peak in mid-systole. As the disease becomes more severe, more time is needed to complete systole, and aortic valve closure becomes delayed, peaking later in systole. Question 3. A 30-year-old man comes into the clinic with a two-week history of fever, cough, and shortness of breath. He reports several episodes of bloody sputum. He is a non-smoker and lives a healthy lifestyle. Past medical history is unremarkable, and he does not take any prescription medications. Vital signs are within normal limits. Physical examination shows a crescendo-decrescendo mid-systolic ejection murmur loudest in the right upper sternal border. Transesophageal echocardiogram, or TEE, shows a tricuspid valve vegetation. Blood cultures show gram-positive cocci in clusters. 
which of the following most likely predisposed this patient to his current infection? A, childhood asthma, B, endoscopy, C, intravenous drug use, D, pharyngeal infection, or E, recurrent sinusitis? The correct answer is C, intravenous drug use. The patient has bacterial endocarditis caused by Staphylococcus epidermidis, a coagulase negative and catalase positive cocci. Intravenous drug use is a known risk factor in the cause of right-sided infective endocarditis as it introduces pathogens from the skin surface directly into the venous circulation. The bloody sputum is caused by septic emboli, which break off and enter the pulmonary circulation, resulting in pulmonary complications. Answer choice A, childhood asthma, is incorrect. Childhood asthma would not result in the cardiac findings seen in this patient. Answer choice B, endoscopy, is incorrect. Endoscopy would not create the cardiac findings seen in this patient. Answer choice D, pharyngeal infection, is incorrect. Pharyngeal infection with Streptococcus pyogenes can predispose an individual to rheumatic fever and rheumatic heart disease, which typically affects the mitral and aortic valves. Answer choice E, recurrent sinusitis, is incorrect. Recurrent sinusitis would not predispose to the cardiac findings seen in this patient. The key learning point in this question, intravenous drug use predisposes to right-sided infective endocarditis. All right, so that's it for this episode, but don't forget to check out our other episodes uh, that you can find wherever you get your podcasts, as well as the many questions that we have at medpreptogo.com. And if you want to find some of the core content found in this question, uh, please check out uh, Crush Step 1, either in book or podcast form. And we'll see you at the next episode.